Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mean O' Lion Media presents Pregnancy Pearls. Meet Dr. Nicole Plenty, a double board certified OBGYN and high risk pregnancy expert. She's brilliant, well researched, and feisty. Growing tired of seeing complications of pregnancy that could have been prevented, she wanted a way to empower women through knowledge. Because as she says, all doctors aren't created equal. This quest to educate women birthed this podcast, Pregnancy Pearls, with Dr. Plenty. Thanks for listening to Pregnancy Pearls Podcast with me, Dr. Nicole Plenty. So if you have been listening, you know that my voice has been sort of kind of shot for the last two months. So I took a little break to get my voice back. What do you guys think of it? But I did have a Best of Pearls episode last week. So if you haven't heard it, make sure you check it out. But I am officially back with a new episode today. So 2024 is off to a great start with tons of people putting forth effort toward their New Year's resolution. Now, some people, a lot of people actually resolve to lose weight, I guess myself included. Although I like the size I am now, you can't help but want to shed a few pounds. I think that's natural for all women, especially women that are in their 30s and 40s. Now, some resolve other habits with one of the most common being kicking their habit of smoking. Now, smoking cigarettes has been uh, can cause a ton of risk in the pregnancy, and it is on a ton of New Year's resolution lists to stop it. Now, if you're thinking about smoking and how it plays a role in the pregnancy, it can put you at an increased risk for several things. So it increases the risk of issues with fertility or actually getting pregnant. People that smoke also have smaller babies. They also have an increased risk of having a preterm delivery or preterm labor. Smokers also have an increased risk of placental abruptions, which is when the placenta separates from the inside layer of the uterus. And that can be detrimental because if that happens, you can have a lot of pain and you can have a lot of bleeding. And that's actually a surgical emergency. So smoking, because it's, basically constricting all those vessels that implant the placenta into the uterus, those vessels can constrict and basically just shear away. So that's how you can abrupt or that placenta suddenly separate, causing a lot of pain and bleeding. Now, after the baby's born, there's also an increased risk of SIDS or sudden infant death syndrome in smokers. And there's an increased risk of childhood asthma in and children in households of smokers. Outside of pregnancy, we already know that smoking is well known to be associated with different types of cancers, like lung cancers, breast cancers, brain cancers, etc. And it can also be a risk factor for vascular disease, which puts you at risk for high blood pressure, stroke, heart attack. Now, because of these risks, a lot of people desire to kick their smoking habit, and rightfully so, right? But what are your alternatives? 
Well, we're going to talk about those alternatives, um, especially those specifically related to pregnancy today on the episode. A lot of people try to stop smoking cold turkey, but this is associated with an increased risk of failed attempts, particularly in those who lack support and or who live in households with other smokers. And so I always tell people, if you're in a relationship or in a house, everybody in the house needs to not smoke because just the smell of smoke can trigger you to want to smoke again. Nicotine is extremely habit forming. And so if you are has somebody basically smoking in front of you. It's like dangling a carrot in front of your face. You don't need any temptation. You need to run from temptation. And so you as a couple, you and your spouse or significant other as a couple need to agree to stop smoking together in order to increase your chances of not smoking. Now, some of the alternatives that people use with the thought that is safe are nicotine patches and e-cigarettes. But what are these risks? So a nicotine patch is just that. It's a patch that's sticky that you usually put on your arm, but you can put it on other places. You can put it on your thigh. You can put it on your buttocks. It contains a certain amount of nicotine that provides a steady level of nicotine that is absorbed through the skin and into the blood screen, which lessens withdrawal and cravings because you got a steady influx, Okay. Now, the patches come in three different strengths. It comes in the 7-milligram patch, which is the lowest strength, the 14-milligram patch, which is sort of the moderate strength, and then a 21-milligram patch. The dose you try should depend on how much you currently smoke. For smokers who smoke more than 10 cigarettes a day, the 21-milligram patch would be recommended. So if you remember, a pack of cigarettes has 20 cigarettes in it. Half the pack is 10 cigarettes. So if you smoke half a pack or more, you should be on the highest nicotine patch. That's what recommended. Over time, the goal is to gradually decrease the patch dosage until you eventually stop smoking or or stop using the patches altogether. You should not be smoking cigarettes while on the patch. That defeats the purpose altogether. You get enough nicotine to kick your habit and to stop cravings from the patch and gradually drop. So if you do the 21 milligram nicotine patch for, I don't know, you do it for two, two weeks, then you go down into the 14 milligram patch for two, three weeks. Then after that, you step down to the seven milligram patch. And usually once you get to the lowest milligram of patches, then you probably need to stay on that one a little bit longer because the drop from seven to nothing sometimes is enough to cause people to crave again. So you just need to gradually drop the patch. Some people after that seven milligram patch, wearing it for one or two weeks, they decide to alternate days on the patch, right? So you can do, I'm going to do the patch for for Monday and I'm not going to put it back on until Wednesday. Ordinarily to get the same influx of, nicotine, you need to change the patch every 24 hours. So some people after the seven milligram patch tend to space that or may even choose to use the patch for shorter durations of the day. But talk to your provider about how to step down the patches gradually. Now, e-cigarettes are different than patches, right? An e-cigarette is actually something that you are putting to your mouth and smoking. 
and they come in many shapes and sizes. Most have a battery and a heating element in them and a place to hold a liquid which heats up producing an aerosol. The liquid, which is aerosolized, I don't know if that's a word, but you get what I'm saying. It contains different levels of nicotine and the amount of nicotine you want to put in it depends on what you want to do. Okay, so you can put a high nicotine amount or you can put low nicotine amount. This mimics smoking for a lot of people. So for some people, that just hand-to-mouth habit is something that's hard for them to kick. So an e-cigarette is something that gives them that, but also allowing themselves to use or consume less nicotine um, at a time. Now, unlike traditional cigarettes, e-cigarettes contain flavoring and other chemicals to help make the aerosol. So there needs to be chemicals just to even make the smoke, okay? Because you're not smoking water. So you have those chemicals that are different than the chemicals in cigarettes that help you produce the smoke from uh, the e-cigarette. Now, some cigarettes do have menthol, which is a type of flavoring. For some states, they have uh, created laws against menthol because menthol is thought to be a flavoring that sort of solicits uh, use from youth and adolescence. And so we don't want people that are teens to be smoking. And so the level of menthol has been greatly regulated in the United States more harshly in some states than others. Okay. But when we talk about e-cigarettes, they're known for different types of flavor, bubble gum flavor, watermelon flavor, like whatever flavor you want, you can pretty, pretty much get in an e-cigarette. Okay. And so you have the nicotine, but now it's flavored nicotine. Okay, more so than any cigarette. Some e-cigarettes are made to look like regular cigarettes. So it looks like one, you're just vaping. They can look like cigars so they can look like pipes. Some resemble pens, USB sticks, and just other common everyday items they can resemble as well. Sometimes we call e-cigarettes vaping. So if you're like, I've never known of e-cigarettes. What we're talking about is vaping. And unless you've been under your bed for the past 15 years, you know what vaping is. It's been all the rage. You've seen a lot of kids get a lot of infections because of vaping, especially if you're sharing uh, an, an e-cigarette or a vape. You're sharing germs. And if this is a container that's refillable, then you also can introduce bacteria in it. Then you're then um, inhaling. That can then cause you to have some infections in your lung. Now, there was a recent study published in Addiction that examined pregnancy outcomes between those who tried to obtain or reduce their smoking habits with the assistance of e-cigarettes versus nicotine-containing patches. Now, overall, the study found that e-cigarettes and nicotine patch users had higher birth weights than smokers. So their babies were bigger, but there were no adverse pregnancy risk in the patch users or the e-cigarette smokers. Pregnant smokers using nicotine patches or electronic cigars did not seem to have any adverse outcomes um, either. So we didn't see an increased mortality or morbidity rate in those patients. Now, although controversial, e-cigarettes are safer than smoking. So I said it, I didn't say it was safe. I said it was safer than smoking. According to an article published in 2015 by Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality, e-cigarette aerosols generally contain fewer toxic chemicals than the daily mix of 7,000 chemicals in smoke from regular cigarettes. Yeah, I said it, 7,000. So the e-cigarettes have the flavoring and all and the chemicals that need 
to create fake smoke, but the cigarettes and it's real smoke and the chemical composition of that, the paper and all that, way more chemicals than an e-cigarette. So if you're trying to choose the lesser of the evils and you don't do well with the nicotine patch, then yeah, the e-cigarette should be considered over smoking, but I would not um, encourage you to do either one. All right, so now that we know a little bit more about e-cigarettes and nicotine patches, let's go to some cases and questions. Our first case is a 31-year-old who is 16 weeks pregnant with her first child. She previously smoked about a half a pack per day, but due to her pregnancy, she has decided to stop smoking. Her OBGYN counseled her, and she started using patches. She commonly placed the patch on her left shoulder. The first week, it worked great. But the second week, she started having more cravings. Due to the 21 milligram patch being less effective in reducing her urge to smoke, she started smoking a few cigarettes a day, far less than she previously smoked prior to pregnancy. Her OBGYN referred her to you to discuss smoking sensations and other options for smoking cessations. Okay, so this is the problem with smoking on top of the patch, okay? So you have the highest patch, which is 21 milligrams, which we said was equivalent to over a half a pack a day of smoking cigarettes. You smoked a half a pack a day, but now you're putting the patch on, which is equivalent to more than that, right? And now you're adding two or three cigarettes. So although you think, well, this patch is helping to reduce the amount of cigarettes I'm smoking, I'm actually doing good. It actually is counterproductive, right? So the first step in smoking cessation is to actually make up your mind that you want to quit. No one can stop somebody from smoking. Nicotine is highly habit forming. And so you have to really be in the mindset that you are really ready to stop smoking. When I was growing up, my grandfather, who is now deceased, God rest his soul, he had a really bad smoking problem, right? He used to smoke and we hated the fact that he smoked. Most, mostly because me and my sister hated the smell of cigarette smoke and we didn't want to be exposed to it. So we used to bury his cigarettes in the backyard. We would plead with him, you know, Papa, don't smoke. You know, we don't like the smell of smoke. Ew, ew. We don't want you to smoke. And we would bury his cigarettes in the backyard. Now, you would think that after burying your cigarettes in the backyard, you know, multiple times a week, you would stop smoking. That was an expensive habit when I was nine and 10, okay? Imagine how expensive it is right now, right? And he would just go to the store because he didn't know we were burying him. We didn't tell him. And buy another box of cigarettes, right? Or buy another carton of cigarettes so he could have them when he misplaced them. I bet he thought he was losing his mind back then, right? Where did I place my cigarettes? I don't know. I don't know. Man, I only took one out of the carton and now it's gone. Let me go get another pack, right? So very expensive habit. But even with that, even with us pleading as his first and second grandchildren, that still was not enough for him to stop smoking. What was enough for him to stop smoking was when he was ready to stop smoking, okay? So you have to mentally be ready to stop smoking. That's number one. And if you're not mentally there, if you're not willing to get the counseling to put in the work, 
okay, to do things to keep yourself active and distracted, then go ahead and smoke, right? Because what we don't want you to do is take in more nicotine with a patch than when you were when you were smoking, okay? So it's sort of like I'm always a lesser of the evils, right? So either we're going to decrease the nicotine or we're not. And right now, if we look at smoking the cigarettes versus the patch plus the cigarettes, then the lesser of the two in terms of nicotine concentration is the smoking cigarettes because you're doing more with the patches, okay? But if you really are ready to make up your mind and not smoke, once you get your mind made up, then you need to do things to stop tempting yourself. The smell of nicotine can be very triggering to some people, okay? And I am a firm believer of not dangling the carrot over your face. Why do that? Why hang out with people that smoke if you don't smoke? If you're trying to lose weight, why hang out with people that's going to eat a cheeseburger in your face? Don't do that. Don't go to lunch with your coworkers if you know they're eating chocolate cake. Don't tempt yourself. So the next step is making sure that you remove the temptation. Take the curtains down. Launder them. Take them to the dry cleaners. Get your carpet shampooed or shampoo it yourself. Or at least do a couple different vacuums to try to get as much smoke out of your house as possible. Air out your house, okay? Open some windows. Let some fresh air in. Vacuum your sofa and sterilize things. Wash your pets. Change your linens. You want to do as much as you possibly can to get the smoke away. All your hard services, wipe them. Your, your, uh, your hardwood floors, get you some fabuloso and some warm water. Mop that floor and make it smell good. Not wipe down your handles. Wipe down your doorknobs, okay? Get the smoke out of your house as much as you can because the less you smell the smoke, the less you will be triggered by it, okay? So get that out of you, okay? Talk to your partner before you even take those steps and make sure you're on the same page because you both have to make up your mind and not smoke. And the baby being motivation is a really good reason. And if you're not pregnant, think about what your motivation is and write it down so that you can remind yourself when you are ready to pick up a cigarette, hey, this is my why. This is why I'm doing this. Maybe it's because you have high blood pressure and you want to not have high blood pressure. This is why you're doing it, okay? Maybe it's because you want to have a baby in the next year. This is why I'm doing it. Maybe you have issues with your teeth or decay, which smoking increases your risk of. That is your why. That is why you're doing it. But write your why down so that you can stick with it, okay? Tell somebody or your significant other, tell somebody outside of who lives with you so that they can hold you accountable and check on you. And when they're with you, they can check you. If you pick up a cigarette, say, wait, 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 I thought you stopped smoking. Okay, remind you of that. So get you somebody that can be accountable and not your spouse. Because let me tell you, you guys can touch and agree and say, we're going to stop smoking. And then all of a sudden you're laying in bed, you touch and agree that you can just go have one smoke to take the edge off. That's why you have to have somebody outside of your marriage or outside of your relationship hold you accountable because you can convince your significant other to smoke one for you or with you, okay? 
let somebody else that's that's going to hold you accountable, remind you of your progress and how good you're doing. And also when they see that you're slipping up, remind you that you're slipping up. Likewise, there are support groups out there for people that are also trying to quit smoking. Find a support group in your area, someone else that you can talk to, a group that you can vent to, that you can support one another, that you can talk about different brands of you know, gum that you chew to help with the cravings. Um, get you a support group. Now, after you've done all that and you've decided, okay, I'm really going to do this thing, then let's look at why was this not effective? Are you somebody that should go from the patch to the e-cigarette? Or do you need something else, some other pill dealt with other symptoms? And then, of course, there are Chantix. I've talked about Chantix on other episodes. That is a medication that is um, that is known to help crave cravings from for tobacco users, okay? Now, we don't recommend that you do this in the pregnancy because there's not a lot of data on it. But some people need that extra push, especially if they're not pregnant, okay? Before they get pregnant, you may need chances as an extra push. So looking at how you're using this nicotine patch, you said you're using the 21 uh, gram, uh, milligram nicotine patch. Okay, that's great because that's the highest dose, right? And you are using it on your left shoulder, probably because you're right-handed and you're reaching on behind your left shoulder and just placing it there. But mind you, proper application of a nicotine patch is that you need to make sure you don't have any lotions or creams on when you apply it. Usually after you get out of the shower, make sure your skin is clean and dry so the patch can stick so you can have good absorption. You also want to make sure you're not applying lotion before you put the patch. Apply your patch and then moisturize the rest of your body. And, and importantly, you want to make sure that you are alternating the location of the patch to increase the effectiveness of absorption. And so before I switch you to anything else, I want to make sure we are committed to not smoking. And I want to make sure that we are doing and utilizing this patch to its most effective potential. And so before we switch, I would recommend changing your site more frequently, making sure that the actual adherence of the stat of the, of the uh, patch to your skin is a good adhesion, okay? Meaning no lotions, no creams, no ointments on your skin. Straight out the shower, dry your skin, apply the patch. The next morning, you're taking the patch off, getting in the shower. After you get out of the shower, dry your skin, apply it to a different area to increase the maximum absorption. So it could be just that you're not getting the maximum absorption and therefore your patch may not be as effective. So that is probably why it worked the first week, but now you're having those increased cravings. So with all that being said, the case pearl for this case is, if you're trying to use the patch, it's important to switch the site frequently. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, medical intern, what's our next case? This one is a question and it says, Dr. Plenty, I've tried so hard to quit before getting pregnant, 
but I find myself extremely anxious most of the time and in my feelings. You see, smoking is a major stress reliever for me. And now that I don't smoke, I realize I'm not taking breaks with my coworkers who were a big part of my daily release. I feel somewhat isolated and alone. Besides being on a nicotine patch, is there anything else I can do to help with my symptoms? So a lot of people deal with this, right? They feel like smoking is not only something that is going to calm their nerves, it's actually a part of their social community, right? Some people go out with their girlfriends and they go brunching. Like I'm a brunch, I I love to brunch, right? Give me a bottomless mimosa, of course, outside of pregnancy, and I'm there for it, okay? Chicken, waffles, a bellini or mimosa, and I'm here for it, right? But for some people, that socializes is in the form of smoking. Some people may smoke cigars and go to cigar lounges. Some people want to smoke a cigarette. And if you're on break at work, guess what? The people that smoke, they tend to hang out together. They're going on smoke breaks together. They're outside together. It could be negative four degrees and they're outside together smoking a cigarette. I can't tell you how many times I've seen it. Healthcare professionals alike, okay? The nurses and doctors out there smoking. And those are the people that usually bond together, okay? And they share stories while they're socializing and smoking. So that's a big part of their life. So a lot of people, once they decide to stop smoking, like I say, you have to remove the temptation. And that may mean removing socializing and the time you spend with loved ones. And so some people can be a little depressed. They're not hanging out and taking breaks with their coworkers. They're not going out having drinks and smoking at the bar. They're not doing those things. So that that can create a sense of loneliness and a sense of depression. So the the biggest thing I would do before we went anywhere else um, is say, hey, I don't see hear anything about you craving. So I think the nicotine patch is doing its job. I would continue on your same dose of nicotine. I would not decrease your dose while you're dealing with other symptoms of loneliness and perhaps depression. Okay, that's number one. Number two, as I said, with the last case, you need to find a community of like minded people. Find a support group. There are support groups that are focused on smoking cessation. Talk to your provider who prescribed that nicotine patch about resources that can be in place. Sometimes that may mean a support group, which is to me just a communicative form of group counseling. Or sometimes you may need some one-on-one counseling. Okay, why are you really anxious? Why did we turn to cigarettes to deal with this anxiety that we're having? Okay, or is it just that you're missing your friends? So let's talk about that with a counselor. And after you've explored one or both of those options, if you're still feeling like, I'm still feeling sort of down, this is hard for me, then some people may need to be on an antidepressant. It's very common to prescribe an antidepressant. And studies have shown that an antidepressant, when people have stopped smoking, actually increases the risk of continued smoking cessation and decreased relapse. So you may need to be someone that needs to be on an antidepressant as well. But I would first tell you to explore the other communicative options, the counseling options, before we went straight to an antidepressant, especially if this is something that we're trying to do before getting pregnant. Antidepressants that are safe in pregnancy, 
usually are the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, meaning Celexa, Zoloft. Those tend to be very safe in pregnancy, but all of those antidepressants, if used early in the first trimester, do have a teeny bitty associated increased risk of having a baby with uh, with different small defects, okay? That risk is usually extremely low, and we have to weigh the risk of major depression, which increases your risk of having a small baby. And obviously, we don't want you to be thinking bad thoughts of harming yourself. And so we have to weigh that versus the very tiny risk that something structurally bad would happen with one of these SSRIs, because those studies are conflicting. And so there's an association, but no causation. So we have to weigh the risk and the benefits of starting that. But I would tell you to start with the counseling first. All right, medical intern, what's our next question or case? This one says, Dr. Plenty, I used to vape and thought it was safer than smoking. However, now I am 24 weeks and I stopped altogether when a friend of mine recently was diagnosed with cancer of the throat after only four years of vaping. Now I'm wondering, besides the risk of cancer to me, is there a risk of cancer to my unborn baby? People that smoke can have an increased risk of melanoma, which is extremely rare. That's a type of skin cancer. Melanoma has been known to affect the placenta. Okay. So, and yes, you can have a baby that ends up with melanoma, but that's extremely rare. That's, that's a very rare form of cancer. And you have to smoke for a really long time for you to have an increased risk of melanoma developed from smoking or vaping. Okay. That's very, very rare. Now, after only four years of vaping, that is a little bit, you know, extreme. But my question would be that how much smoking did she do before her four years of vaping? We know that the risk of having lung cancer and other types of cancer increases significantly after 10 years of smoking. Okay. So if you have 10 years of smoking and vaping counts, that's smoking y'all. Okay. Cause you're having nicotine. That counts. So if there is a composite of over that amount of time, that is what increases the risk of cancer. But your baby otherwise would not have an increased risk. And now that you stopped it, that is the best thing you can do to reduce your risk of cancer is not to smoke. And it's also the best thing you can do to reduce your risk of the baby having other outcomes. So we're not worried about the baby getting cancer, but we are worried about people that smoke having smaller babies smaller babies have an increased risk of stillbirth, okay? The way we monitor small babies is to look at them every single week, okay? To look at the blood flow through the umbilical cord and through the brain. If we have any evidence of abnormal blood flow through the umbilical cord, that tells us, hey, we got to get out before something bad happens to the baby, okay? That's why we monitor babies that are small. Stopping the smoking, can negate that risk of having a small baby. So we do want to make sure that you do stop smoking. But if you just stop smoking now that you're 24 weeks, you still need to be followed pretty much every four to six weeks or so. Um, pretty much, you know, routinely you need to be followed regularly to check the growth of the pregnancy because you smoked during more than half of the pregnancy. So we just have to keep a slightly closer eye on you. But that's a major risk, smaller babies. And if your baby is normally grown, then we know that we don't have this increased association now that you stop smoking of having a baby with any other complications 
other than being small. Um, now, if you keep on smoking, you can have increased risk of all those things I talked about earlier in the podcast episode. So congratulations on taking the big step to stop smoking. Because let me tell you, it's very habit forming. So it takes a real commitment to do that. So every day you should be applauded for being another day smoke free. All right, medical intern, do you have any more email questions or cases? And she's shaking her head, no. So thanks you guys so much for listening to Pregnancy Pearls podcast. I hope that you learn more about e-cigarettes and nicotine patches in pregnancy. If you've enjoyed the show, make sure to share me with your friends, rate and comment. If you or someone you know has had a pregnancy complication or unique situation, let me know about it. Email me at pregnancypearls at gmail.com to hear your topic or case discussed on one of our podcast episodes. Also remember to follow me on Instagram at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at pregnancy pearls. You can also feel free to check out the website, which is www.drnicoleplenty.com for free pregnancy downloadables. And for goodness sake, catch up on all four seasons of the podcast. Why don't you? And don't forget to go ahead and tell your friends to catch up too. In closing, remember to advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Pregnancy Pearls is hosted by Dr. Nicole Lee Plenty. Produced by Nicole Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer Ken Johnson. Find Pregnancy Pearls on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice for diagnosis or treatment of individual medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with specific questions regarding a medical condition. Pregnancy Pearls is a mean old lion media production. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.